everyone, it's Leslyn Keith. I'm president of the Board of Directors at the Lipedema Project and Director of Research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today I have an excerpt from a presentation that Siobhan Huggins and I did for Keto Chow. It was a meetup that was held in Draper, Utah on July 15, 2023. Keto Chow has been a sponsor of several Lipedema Simplified events, and Siobhan and I really like their products. In this excerpt, Siobhan is talking about connective tissue issues experienced in lipedema, such as fibrosis and inflammation, and how these may be similar to issues experienced in other conditions. Connective tissue health. <laughs> lipedema is interesting, weird, endlessly fascinating. One aspect of this is that there's multiple components that suggest there might be a connective tissue aspect to this disease, which is like... Oh boy. <laughs> but just a couple of signs here. Increased prevalence of aortic stiffness. In one study, they showed that there was a loss of tissue elasticity, which is, it might actually be important for helping to push the fluid out. So fluid comes in, the tissue is kind of like rubber bandy, the pressure increases, it pushes the fluid back out towards the lymphatic vessels. But if it stretches and then it doesn't rebound, the fluid may sit. And then high prevalence of hypermobility. <laughs> and this is a fun uh, party game to go through the bait and score, by the way. So 58% in lipedema overall in this study, which is high. So women are more prone to hypermobility. We need to be stretchy when we have babies, but this is still a little bit unusual. The other weird thing about it is in this study, they actually separated it out into the prevalence when it came to stage, so increasing severity of lipedema. And they found that the prevalence of the hypermobility was also increasing with the severity of the stage up to around 80% in the most severe stage. So strange. The blood vessel abnormalities, so this includes the easy bruising. One researcher speculated that it may be that the connective tissue around the vessels is impacted and that's why they're bruising easier from that leakiness and then just fragility. Another part of this is Williams syndrome. This is a genetic condition that results in a single copy out of two of a couple dozen different genes. One of the other things they experience is the aortic stiffness, but then also 30% of them have a lipedema phenotype. So they have the cuffing, they have the disproportionate fat deposition. They can also develop lymphedema as well as it progresses. They do have some differences. They don't have the easy bruising. And I reached out to some researchers and they said, maybe not the nodules either, though there hasn't been a study on that. So some differences, some similarities, but the aortic stiffness that they experience has been speculated to relate to the fact that one of the genes that can be deleted is elastin, which is a component of connective tissue. So this linkage may also lend more towards lipedema having this connective tissue aspect. So what do we want to do about that? Well, connective tissue and nutrition may actually come together, which is good. We can see anecdotally, for example, that people with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and Marfan syndrome even can actually see improvement in their symptoms when they go low-carb keto or carnivore. That is anecdotal, so there hasn't been a study on it yet. But the vitamins listed here are from a paper talking about Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and how a lot of the symptoms may link back to or be related to vitamin deficiencies. So the easy bruising could be related to vitamin C, the fatigue related to carnitine, a whole bunch of these different ones. And then there was also a private report from someone that I know, he kindly sent it to me. He speculated similar 
that connective tissue diseases and Ehlers-Danlos syndrome may also relate to vitamins. So we want to make sure these people are as well nutritioned as possible. Again, it's not gonna hurt them, so it is speculative, but on the other hand, what's the downside of making sure someone is eating well? So keto, again, <laughs> impacts nutrients. I mean, it's food, so that makes sense, but it's more than just the nutrients that you're eating. That definitely is one aspect, so it may increase intake of certain nutrients. It may also encourage the increase in dietary quality overall. People are being more health conscious, eating more you know, nutrient-rich foods, things like that. But it may also impact in a couple other ways. One of them is, again, resolving metabolic syndrome and chronic inflammation. So this may help reduce the need of certain vitamins. For example, folate has been suggested to be linked to inflammation. So folate levels may be driven down when someone has a lot of inflammation going on. I also saw in passing one thing about a type of immune cell expressing more folate receptors, so they may just be eating up more of the supply, which may be why it goes down. It may also help reduce wasting. So if you have insulin resistance of the kidneys, for example, you can start wasting magnesium in your urine, which is not helpful and can lead to a deficiency, and we do often see this in type 2 diabetes, for example. And then it may help reduce suppression of levels. So inflammation sends off a huge cascade of signaling stuff, and this can impact a lot of the nutrients that are in play and available. One of them is vitamin D, which you may have noticed was in the previous list. And so if we can supply a good amount of vitamin D in the diet and then reduce that suppression, the levels may come up, and that, again, may impact these connective tissue symptoms that we're seeing. There's also this nutrient sparing and production aspect. This mostly relates to carnitine and its interaction with vitamin C. So Amber O'Hearn has a fantastic paper talking about carnivore diets and nutrient adequacy, which is actually where I heard about this. But we convert vitamin C to make carnitine, and so if we just supply carnitine, then we spare vitamin C, which is very helpful on a carnivore diet, but may also be helpful in this context. And I would suggest reading her paper too, it's super cool. And then increased production, this mostly relates to folate. So there was a study looking at low-carb diets and fatty liver disease, and they found that despite eating less folate, their serum levels stayed you know, normal. It's like, where is that coming from? Well, it turns out that the low-carb diet that they were eating was impacting their gut bacteria, and the gut bacteria were producing folate for them. So again, you know, here's another source of folate that we can get. Maybe that is helpful if we're running a little bit low. And then this is an unknown element. I hope it's studied directly, hint, hint, please. But the direct effect of ketones in lipedema is an unknown. There are some research in terms of lymphatic stuff. So ketones impacted lymphatic vessel growth. So if you're having lymphatic impairment, maybe the ketones could help grow some more vessels, get a little bit of backup support. Was in mice, I will caveat. Um, the next one was also in mice, but so this is relating to that callusing type of fibrosis I talked about. We can see this in obesity, including in obese mice. And what happened was when they got their ketone levels up to a certain level, around three millimoles, really hard to do for mice, pretty easy for humans it actually resulted in reversal of that fat fibrosis. So again, potentially, if this is happening in lipedema, maybe this plays into some other things. We'll see you shortly.
Thanks, Siobhan. That was really good information to have about lipedema. And it was a fun weekend that we spent with Keto Chow in July in 2023. Thank you, Keto Chow, for having us there. And I'd like to give a big thank you to all of you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. You can also follow Living Well with Lipedema on Amazon Music and get new episodes that become available. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema flash briefing.